0: how good it is this morning to think of the unity of Father and Son, finding full fulfillment and mutual love in one another for all eternity. Um, Brother Norris was speaking in uh, in his prayer of that time when the Lord approaching the cross would say, glorify Me with the glory I had with You before the world was. So it is amazing to think of that closeness of relationship. And that's why as we reflect on the Lord's sufferings, it makes them all the more uh, meaningful to know that He would be willing to go into the darkness and experience that distance from God. As man. And I just wanted to read one verse here and turn to the Psalms. So John nineteen verse twenty eight. John nineteen twenty eight says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said I thirst. I thirst. Turn to Psalm forty two. So the Lord, the Lord of all creation, the one who spoke all waters into existence, was willing to go to his death there on the cross and experience physical thirst. But we know it went deeper than that. It wasn't merely just a statement of I'm thirsty. We know in the Gospel of John, again and again the Lord Jesus says something and no one ever gets it. Or they misunderstand or they think he meant something else. And so even here, this is a another instance of that. He said he's I thirst, and so they say, Oh, I'll give him something. You know, they lift up the sponge and So they, uh, perhaps in mockery, maybe in devotion, there's different feelings about that. But regardless, he meant more than just physical thirst. And I think Psalm 42 is a good picture of what the Lord was willing to experience for you and for me. When I read this Psalm, I think of myself. I feel like it reflects some uh, aspects of my own desire for God. And at least on my good days, my desire to be with Him and to have my thirst quenched in Him. But ultimately, I think the full expression of it speaks of the Lord Jesus in prophecy. So, If I I could, I would like to read the whole psalm, Psalm 42. Think about the Lord Jesus as you read it. As the deer pants for the water brooks... So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to my God, to God my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him the help. My countenance and my God. Isn't that interesting to think of the Lord Jesus reading those words or speaking those words? Um, We know this truth that in Him there was no lack, He was the fullness of God in flesh. And so we don't want to make a misstep and to think somehow that Jesus was, you know, missing something or. When we say that he was thirsty, that he could somehow be better than he was or more fulfilled than he was. But what we see here is that Jesus was willing, the Lord Jesus was willing to enter into that darkest, hardest thing that a human being can go through, feeling abandoned by God. Those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's not just Psalm 22. It's courses throughout the psalms and the prophets, many of the prophets felt like, are you listening to me? Are you there? The psalmists, again and again, even someone like David, who had a very close relationship with God, would return again and again to that thought, are you there? Have you forgotten me? And so Jesus was willing to experience that same soul thirst For you and for me. A couple of the lines really stood out to me. One is, there's a repeated refrain that speaks of the enemies looking on, saying, where is your God? And we have to confess that we might have faced a similar thing. Even if people don't say that to you in that many words, the devil's going to say it to you. Whenever you're going through a hard time as a believer, the devil is right there whispering, you know, look at your friend. They're having a great life and they couldn't care less about God. And look at you, you're struggling. I've had that told to me spiritually many times. The enemy will whisper to me, well, it must not be worth it to follow God because why are you facing A, B, and C? And of course I have a great life, but you know how the enemy can always spin it. He can always make it seem like we have a terrible life when he wants to. But isn't it something that the Lord Jesus heard this same thing. Where is your God? He was God. <laughs> he, he was as close to God as possible. But he still appeared at least to those looking on as if god didn't care. So you know he can really sympathize with you and with me. When we hear that same whisper. Maybe somebody's going to tell you, maybe your brother-in-law or something's going to say to you, why are you still in that religion thing? Your life is look, you're not successful or, you know, people may say it to you. But the enemy of our souls is always saying it to us. He's always trying to get us to doubt God's good purposes. Ever since he said to Eve, God told you not to eat that fruit because he's withholding something from you. He told you not to eat it because he doesn't want you to have the best. He wants you to have second best because he thinks he'll be like God and he doesn't want any competition. But just that little God doesn't want my best, that's a dangerous little seed to plant in our mind. He does want our best. Just like He wanted the best for His Son, the Lord Jesus, as He was going through the sufferings on the cross. And that's why the hope of Psalm 42 is also something that we can continually cling to. Because in the darkness the Lord Jesus was still able to express. And you might say, give himself counsel, right? Why are you cast down on my soul? Put your hope in God. So that's what we need to do too. Uh, He wasn't saying, why are you cast down on my soul? There's nothing to worry about. That's not what he was saying. There's a lot to worry about. The circumstances couldn't be worse for him. I mean, in a lot of ways. But he says, put your hope in God. Sunday is coming. Resurrection is coming. God will answer. God will hear. So I can pass through this hard time. If you look at verse 6, one of the things that, that idea of being disquieted, we saw in a previous uh, message, this idea of the Lord being troubled several times says he was troubled in his spirit. So if you've ever been troubled in your spirit, he knows how you feel. What really caused him trouble here is he was far away from where he wanted to be. You know, in verse 6, it says the psalmist remembers the temple, which is that picture of the presence of God down in Jerusalem. But he's speaking from Mount Hermon, which is the very northern border. It's as far away as you can get and still be in Israel. And he's like, I just miss going to the temple through these festivals. Um, of course, the Lord Jesus, when He was in glory in the presence of God, surrounded by millions of angels, that, what better picture could you have of going uh, with the throng? Um, as we saw there, how I went with them the multitude to the house of God, the voice of joy and praise with that multitude-keeping festival. We would be silly if we didn't think he missed that. He spent 33 years down here, and I'm sure that a lot of it was like, I, just, I really miss that. I miss that being there where God is honored as He should be. He's walking around with all these imperfect people. And that created a sense of trouble and disquiet in his soul. And so we have this promise that God is in Christ is able to enter into our troubles, our difficulties, and we have the answer to put our hope in Him. Just one more verse. The verse that was spoken earlier from John 17. And this can be our prayer. It was the Lord's prayer. And in a modified way, it can be our prayer as well. When we pass through trouble and soul thirst, let this be your prayer. A modified version of this. This is in John 17. Verse 4. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which You've given Me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify Me together with Yourself with the glory which I had with You before the world was. And so here's the Lord Jesus. It's about to get really bad in the next few hours for Him. And His prayer was, glorify Me, Father. This is the same as that psalmist saying, I remember, I want, I want to go back to that closeness With you that I had before things got really bad, before I got separated for whatever reason off in Mount Hermon and off to the ends of the earth. And this is true for us. Sometimes we're spiritually strong, but then we go through a hard time or we mess up really badly. Of course, the Lord Jesus never knew what he never messed up, but many things can cause that soul thirst in you and I. And so for us, when we're feeling that, let that be our prayer. Father, you know, bring me close to Yourself again. Let me look forward to that time when You're going to bring me back, so I can feel that closeness, um, even though I might not feel it now. So why are we cast down within us? Let us put our hope in God, the help of our countenance and our God, for His glory. Amen. Amen.